a complex world brimming with new ambitions, the best leaders create the best workplaces. This is the Oil & Gas Digital Doers podcast, where you can hear real stories about digital capabilities and a culture of empowerment with your host, Joanne Meyer. Welcome to the Oil & Gas Global Network's Digital Doers podcast. And just like the guy with the cool accent said, I'm Joanne Meyer and I'm your host for the Digital Doers podcast. And um, we're glad that you're here. We certainly appreciate uh, you taking the effort to find all the right buttons on whatever device you're on to, uh, to join us today. And uh, looking forward to having a conversation around I don't know, kind of, uh, I don't know that it's uh, new technology, but I, I do think the way, there's probably some new pieces of it, but I think the way it's being used uh, by uh, my guest today um, is um, kind of forward thinking and uh, potentially has a probably a tremendous amount of value to people that uh, know how to leverage that to uh, really capitalize on all that uh, I think... Uh, Asperity is trying to do. Um, but before we do that, I also want to say thanks to some other folks. Um, need to say thanks to HPE. HPE is the sponsor of this podcast. You can find them at hpe.com. And HPE has a whole team of folks that have experience, uh, knowledge around or in the oil and gas industry. So you know, if you get a chance to see what those folks can do to help you out, they have, uh, you can go to hpe.com and learn about their Green Lake platform, um, where um, their the, the tagline is, it's their edge to cloud platform, and it's all about bringing the cloud to you wherever you need it, whether it's on-prem or or public. Um, so take a look at HPE and, and um uh, Talk to those guys and girls about what they can do to help you um, in your oil and gas business. Um, and just a little shout out, the oil and gas global network that we're coming to you from, which we fondly call the OGGN, it's the largest network of oil and gas podcasts in the world. And I believe late last year, um, OGGN reached a status of having listeners in every country in the world. So that was a pretty big milestone, and uh, uh, it's exciting to uh, think about all the folks that are learning about the oil and gas industry by listening to OGGN and to the, oil, the Digital Doers podcast. There's also, I think, I don't know, maybe close to 20 different podcasts you can listen to, so check out some others. But today... We're uh, you're listening to the oil and gas to the digital doers podcast, and so today my guest is Paul Ritchie, and Paul is the COO at Osperity, which is an intelligent visual monitoring firm, and it allows organizations to manage remote os at remote assets by exception, and I want to I want us to think about we're going to talk a lot about what that means. And they use AI-assisted computer vision. He leads the day-to-day -day operations, including operations, finance, sales, marketing, and the development teams. Paul has over 25 years of experience 
um, and is a proven leader in industrial technologies, specialized equipment fabrication, and enterprise service as a solution, solutions. Um, he's worked with companies such as Evoco and Reuters. Uh, he has extensive experience building sales and operations teams and helping organizations grow. And he's worked closely with organizations throughout uh, North and Latin America. Um, and he's uh, established what he's doing now. He's, talk he's coming to us today from Calgary. Uh, and so uh, uh, he's uh, working on establishing a Canadian corporate presence. And, uh, and a Canadian corporate presence sounds like it's in other foreign countries. Um, he's established joint ventures in Latin America for manufacturing and distribution of specialized equipment and successful international channel partner relationships. So um, welcome to Paul. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Joanne. I appreciate that. What, what did I miss? What, did, what is something that, that, that would be really fun for us all to know, Paul, that, that I missed? Well... Um, you'll notice that I didn't graduate from Princeton or Harvard. Um, oh. I'm, I'm a Canadian college graduate, which back in the day meant you took two years of college and you went out and got a job. So You actually started um, contributing to society, huh? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. When Great. colleges, you could go for two years. So All right. Um, that's, that's fun. <laughs> and, and so are you Canadian? I am you Canadian. Yeah. You are Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Based so, in Calgary and spend a lot of time like I should be today when it's uh, minus 19. Well, it's about 8 Fahrenheit here today. Oh. So uh, it should be in Houston. Yeah, you should be in Houston because I think we're in the 60s. But um, I have family in other parts of, uh, well, even other parts of kind of the south and southwest. And um, uh, it's quite, quite cold there and uh, all kinds of you know, icy precipitation. So they're getting some of that Canadian weather maybe a little bit, but not here in, not here in Houston, not here in Houston. We've got some rain, but that's about all. So, um, Paul, tell me, what makes Asperity's visual monitoring intelligent? Yeah, so we, we approach things, and I think you sort of nailed it on the head. What, what we're doing isn't necessarily new or revolutionary um but what we're doing is we're doing it away from the hardware so when you think of visual monitoring that's generally done the camera has some sort of analytic or some sort of processing on it that's telling you what's happening so what we're doing is we're taking that sort of camera angle and being somewhat camera agnostic to industrial ip cameras and but taking that into the remote landscape so the oil and gas industry the mining industry and taking more an industrial uh, analytic approach to it so really understanding what's happening around people vehicles the environment the asset as a whole particular pieces of equipment um, as this digital revolutions come in we all know that these industrial operations, particularly in oil and gas, because they have so many assets, are becoming demand or, or only visited at intervals when they need to be. So we can actually assist them in that and reduce that to almost zero um, by one, performing their corporate mandated or government mandated inspections, um, or 
telling them visually things that we can analyze that are happening and send them that information right now. Within a minute of it happening, we're delivering an image that they can go on and watch the video of on our platform or subsequently watch it live. Um, so yeah, so we're sort of bringing that remote asset to life when you're back at an operation control center. Yeah. Because one of the things that when you and I've talked and I played around a little on your website, mm -hmm. you know, it's one thing to get a continuous live feed of what's going on um, remotely somewhere. Because most of that footage, 90% would just be nothing, right? I mean, you might see the yeah. asset, but there's nothing. There's, you know, there's, you're just going to watch that. But, but what I, it struck me with what you guys were trying to do is actually give a heads up, give an alert to the operator that says, hey, something is going on there that you might want to take a look at. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And when you look at, we'll call it CCTV, which we don't classify what we do is, but you have somebody constantly watching multiple screens. <clears throat> Generally, they're not certain what they're watching for, um, but it's very reactive. Oops, something happened. We need to go backwards um, and get the video and look at it. What we're saying, you told us you wanted to know when X happened. X hap is happening right now. Um, so here you go. Here it so is. So take a look. We're taking the man out, the, the, the person out of analyzing the data. Yeah. And I like that you, you guys talk about, you know, exceptions, right? Mm hmm And a great deal of, hope I will say this right, of value-added activity in many industries, certainly in oil and gas, the real value-added stuff many times is on exception when a person needs to intervene. Much of it is automatic, mm -hmm. um, controlled remotely, but sometimes there's really key interventions that need to take place, um, but knowing when exactly that needs to happen is the real key. Yeah, and you hit on a great point because that, that brings in things like other systems as well that we can work with. So we can bring in SCADA alarms and SCADA sensors and have that or a process control system make that say that that particular um, liquid leak sensor is going off at that tank where we'll geolocate that sensor to our platform and actually take images or video and follow up that SCADA alarm from our platform or from the SCADA systems platform, then from our platform, we'll be sending an actual visual of what's happening. So as we all know in this industry, what's the first thing everybody does? Jump in their truck and go out to see what's happening. Absolutely. Um, and so, we're, yeah, go ahead. No, no, oh, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead, Paul. Okay, so, and I'm just saying, in this case, you might be able to shut it down remotely. You might not have to shut it down remotely. Right. Um, you know, you're reducing windshield time, you're, you're, you're reducing carbon emissions in driving out there, and you're keeping your, your staff safe. But you're sending the right person out there. If it right. does need attention immediately, you're sending the right contractor or the right operator out there to deal with it or shut down the equipment remotely until you can get out there. Right. And so you provide eyes with your cameras. Yep. 
but it sounds like you provide other things as well. If you're integrating into some of these other monitoring systems, then you have the way to be in touch with um, whatever other physical parameters might be uh, being monitored. And then you can kind of integrate those so you get that SCADA type invitation information and then you immediately have the ability to put your eyes on it exactly and that could be you know and that could be as simple as a key card or it could be as simple as your access control keypad where somebody enters okay when somebody enters that we want a snapshot great Um, and this data can be going so if you you know one thing to think of if you have one camera you could have 40 different things running on it because it's running on our platform it's not the camera's capabilities. Okay. Um, you know, we 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 have to use industrial IP cameras just for where they are, um, and and for the definition. Obviously, um, we're not putting ring doorbells out there. Um, and if anybody that has one, one of the things that we do very well is cut out that noise. Right. So when the wind blows and the trees move, when the kids are playing street hockey or basketball in the neighbor's driveway. We can cut all of that noise out and just tell you what you want to know. Okay. Uh, and that makes what we do, particularly in the remote areas, very unique. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that brings up, so if if I came to you and said, you know, Osperity, I'd, I'd like to have this capability. Um, so do I need to, you know, go out and buy a bunch of new equipment? Does everything have to be new and to, to work with your with Osperity? Doesn't everyone like new technology? Brand new, shiny? You get to we peel do. the vinyl off the front, right? Yeah. Um, uh, if you have existing IP cameras at site, we can certainly integrate into those, and, and we do that often. Um, we, can, we, we like to, when it comes in, I mean, when you think of a person, if you're standing behind a tree, you can't see what's happening in front of that tree. We like to do the layouts for the clients and provide that. Um, we can provide all the equipment, you know, lock, stock, and barrel, everything delivered, installed, and put together. Or we can integrate into equipment they already have. We may say, hey, we might want to move it a little bit, or you've got to add an additional camera. Um, but it's it's a very flexible way that we work from the hardware. And, you know, when I joined the company six years ago, I came from the heavy equipment side of things. And before that, another um, SaaS-based software company and I thought man for a software company these guys sure sell a lot of hardware (laughs) and part of the reason was back six years ago these oil and gas sites didn't have cameras yeah and it was you had the camera enables our technology right so we're starting to wean out and get more into that consultancy because you know I'll be honest we don't we are excellent at deploying and, and delivering hardware but we're a software company Um, and we'd rather design the system and say, here's the checklist, here's the supplier, go buy it. Oh, and by the way, we were going to mark it up 25% anyway, so you're saving 25%. (laughs) So let's do two more sites, right? But it's, it's, we need to stick to our expertise and that's in visual analytics and, and being able to do this over unique means of communications. I mean, we're doing it over clients' networks, if they have it out there. We're, we're doing it over LTE conventionally, uh, and, and most commonly is LTE. And now we're deploying um, over Starlink, commercialized Starlink. Oh, okay. 
wow. um, at site. So, you know, we're, there's no site that's out of the way for us in North America anymore. Okay. Yeah. And so I was, uh, you have a, a great video on your website. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll pitch your website a little bit. But, you know, you do have some kind of fancy capabilities because yep. as I was playing around, I watched a video and it, I can't remember exactly. It might have been about a shell facility, but yeah. um, it it has these cameras and it says that cameras can realize the difference between a people shape and a truck shape. Mm -hmm. So that's a smart camera. Yeah. So the camera is giving us the image and we're analyzing that. So you can even break it down further than that. So you can... You know, if you look at a human, we can tell you if they're wearing their hard hat or not. Oh, and wow. That. We can tell them if they've got their... So in Canada, it's reflective overalls. <laughs> in in the U.S., it's reflective vests in many cases, um, just because of the, the, the different climates. We can tell if the reflective clothing is there. From a vehicle, we can... You know, it's not just saying, hey, the vehicle pulled in. It's, I only want to know when a tanker comes in and loads up at the battery. Right. And then they start doing ticket validations with their ticketing system. But, you know, we can say, oh, it's a pickup truck. It's a car. Oh, it's a UTV. OK. You, know, you said no UTVs after 6 p.m. You know, you've got a quad running around out there. OK. It could be a security risk. So yeah. we're we're breaking it down even further than that, um, yeah. which, you know, is is really important to give them those exceptions. Yeah. Because they absolutely. don't want unsafe people. Right, right. Yeah, cool. I thought that was really, they were really cool that you could tell the difference. And, um, and so that's kind of, now I'm kind of getting out, that's kind of some machine learning. Yep. After, after the camera and, sorry, your software has mm -hmm. seen enough trucks and enough tankers and enough people, then it starts saying, hmm, that's a people. Or, you know, that's a person. That's a Yeah. And, and you know, that's one thing. Like, we have a multitude of, of industrial algorithms that some are proprietary, some, some we've trained. But, you know, it's a great point because one thing that we have is truly unique is you know, the clients obviously own all the imagery that we collect. That's their imagery. We just ask them that we can autonomously, on a regular basis, retrain each site. So if you look at, we have clients in Australia. We have clients, um, you know, in Norman Wells in Canada, which is almost Alaska. And we have clients on the, uh, you know, Texas-Mexico border. Those are three very different um, topographies, uh, weather climate systems. So to have computer vision algorithms work properly, the more data they have and the more training they have, um, we have a billion image, a billion plus industrial images that we can pick out and train different algorithms to. Okay. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's really, really cool. I think it's tremendously, like I said, I think you know, part of what you're discussing, you know, the, the, the technology's cool. Don't get me wrong. I, yep. Understanding all of the uh, opportunities that that represents um, could be very valuable. Because um, like I said, and I think you and I, we, you know, we, we, we talked 
uh, mm-hmm. earlier, uh, I, I made this comment that you guys are kind of the instant replay people, right? So yep. something, you know, in the industry, something happens and you're gathering data from all kinds of sources, visually from the cameras, but also SCADA data and all that. And something, some anomaly, something of note happens um, and you give uh, the you know, the engineers or operators or whatever, the opportunity to go and see that replay, you know, a visual. Yeah. When you mentioned that the the other day, Joanne, it it made me think of, you know, the the MLB now is putting in um, AI assisted balls and strikes cameras to Uh, assist the umpires. And obviously big hockey fan here being Canadian um, when I sit for 10 minutes and watch these guys watch replays, the referees <laughs> will be like, you guys have not figured out how to tell if it crossed the goal line yet. Like, come right. on, there's got to be technology. But you're right. So we're telling them it's happening now. And subsequently, they have the ability to then watch that event occur from that point forward live or go back. They could go back five days later when they've started. Maybe they've con- starting to conduct an investigation and pull that video. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's uh, I think it's great. I think it's a, uh, like I said, lots and lots of potential I can imagine um, for how this might work. And so, um, so I mentioned that there was this, this uh, little video um, of a shell facility on your website. Mm-hmm. So Shell's a really big company. You guys work primarily with big companies. I would say that about a third of our installation are big companies um, in all three areas of the energy industry and the the upstream, midstream, and downstream space. Um, We're very strong in the midstream space, Um, and we're 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 you know between the other two split the split the third and half and and that's the other spaces but we're doing some very unique things in the in all the areas that are independent of each other and send and then um have the ability to sort of use those same sort of algorithms in other spaces so you know when you look at our client base so you look so let's use an example here so when you look at oklahoma stripper wells Small companies, generally family companies, right? No. Um, they're, it's very cost efficient for them to put our equipment out there and have eyes on it. They're lower production, they're older equipment, um, and their operators, they don't have as many operators, right? They don't have as much equipment. They use a lot more in the contracting space. So we can help them reduce their contracting prices or alert them when, when, when things are, are occurring. So we have yes. a pretty good hold in that space in the upstream. Um, we have, you know, where you have a, a, you know, we have a particular client in the Eagleford that we have all their assets there because it's the only stake they have in the Eagleford, and they have contract operators. But they actually want to be able to see it back in Denver. They want to be able that. to understand what's going on in Denver because they have a small team in the Eagleford. Um, so it gives their engineers and and other operations security people access to see what's happening and be alerted to activity. Yeah. So um, be, they, 
might have 10 people in the whole Eagleford, right? Be, be sitting in the ski lodge and seeing what's happening in West Texas. Yeah, you are <laughs> absolutely correct. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. I, I get it. I totally get it. I totally get it. And so, um, so, so it sounds like all kinds of uh, sizes have found it useful, which makes, which makes sense. You know, whether you've mm -hmm. got a high density uh, footprint, which means there's a lot of equipment to see and keep an eye on, or it's very sparse. Either way, uh, you know, what, what's going to be most valuable to you is probably different. But still, a lot of opportunity. Uh, yeah, ma that makes sense to to yep. use the technology. Yeah, yeah, and you know, in some cases, we, you know, some of the bigger clients that we deal with, they may just at, at right now, today, or last year when something happened, we may be part of their mitigation plan too, and then start to grow within their organization as that happens. So, <clears throat> you know, where you have um, leaks, spills. Um, or you have water regulations. Those are things that we monitor um, and can be part of their mitigation plan um, as they go forward with their state or province's regulator. Hmm. To say we are going to literally have 24-hour monitoring now. Correct, as opposed to somebody drive there every two days. We're yeah. now going to have even better. We're going to have 24-hour eyes on it. Yeah. Um, and generally in a mitigation plan, as you know, Joanne, it, it is that, that for the next six months, somebody has to be there and check it out every 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that particularly in Canada, um, one well path, one, one well path to the other could be 50 kilometers. Yeah. So long way. Yep. The long way is to, to do that a few times a day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so have you got an example Give us a story or an example, um, Paul, yep. of something when when somebody has come and said, gosh, we could really use this. I think I'll use, and, and, and this is one of our larger clients, but I think the story really encapsulates everything that we can do. So um, they're a large U.S. midstream company um, with operations in Canada as well, although we just work with them in the U.S. right now. And they came to us, first of all, they wanted to demand their tank farms. Um, they wanted to have eyes on all their risers, um, whether they were manned or not, to do a multitude of things. And then as the story goes on, you'll see how we evolved with them. But, you know, so we came in and they wanted to have eyes on their tanks and they wanted exceptions, exception-based alerting around certain things. But what they wanted to receive once a day was a 360-degree view of all their inspection points, okay? So normally every 72 hours, they go out and inspect these 100,000-barrel tanks. Um, now we were doing it once a day. Okay. And their operators weren't leaving. They weren't driving an hour to do it. Um, at the same time, we were monitoring... Um, for a multitude of things around the offload and onload of product um, at rail stations, at truck to pipe, um, at field to truck, things like that. Um, and just to make a really long story short, now we actually are doing inspections of, I pulled it up because I wanted to use this example, 
at 247 locations in the U.S. We're doing, with anywhere from 1 to 20 cameras per site, we're doing um, 1,000 inspections a day um, and delivering them to different individuals in different departments. Um, they've saved their operators 1.6 hours a day of driving. Um, they've reduced their insurance costs, lowered their insurance score so they get better rates. And one thing that they've really calculated is the mileage that they've reduced to go towards their ESG mandates. Ah, that's interesting. So the interesting part is, and when we started working together three years ago, ESG was a word. Clean tech was a thing that might happen. Um, now that we look back and I actually laugh when I, when, I, when I see them or talk to them on the phone and I go, you guys were ahead of the game, weren't you? And they weren't necessarily that they had these big mandates three years ago. They were starting to figure out how they could meet the EPA standards that they were guessing were going to come out um, with technology. And we were able to hit a lot of those points. And as we accumulated all these points, it was safer workers, safer public, fewer emissions. You know, just it, it rolled out. And now we joke about it. But even when you talk to some of their VPs back, I guess we started talking four years ago. And they're like, we really didn't know this direction we were getting, but we thought it was cool. And as it turns out, it was very much towards their ESG mandates. Um, and it is to do all those people, uh, you know, all those things to ensure people, the environment, um, and society are safe. Yeah. And, of course, governance is a big part now, so the inspections plays very well into that. Yeah, I think that's a great example of, and I think I kind of was alluding to it, although you you know much more about it, and this company mm -hmm. knows even more about it, is, like I said, I, I, I bet it's kind of hard to even fully um, understand all of the possibilities from having this kind of integrated look um, to running a business. Yeah. Regardless of what it might be. And so this is a great, I hadn't really thought about the ESG. I, I totally get it now. I mean, but the reality is, I mean, when I was heavily in the oil and gas industry, we all knew it. You know, we knew that windshield time was really kind of waste. I, I mean, I, I clearly, if that's your only option, you got to do it. Right. But you know, you're driving out to hunt for something. You're driving mm -hmm. out. If there's nothing wrong, then it is kind of a waste. You know, I mean, like I said, you don't have any other mm -hmm. choice, but still, there, there isn't a lot of value-added activity there. Right. And it's the same thing if you go hunting for something that's wrong, as opposed to having a piece of equipment uh, or a well even, let's, you know, tell you I need help, mm -hmm. as opposed to somebody having to hunt. Because when you have to go hunt, you are using people and time, you are using gasoline, you're using wear and tear in vehicles, you're you know, increasing your risk because you're out there encountering other things that vehicles can run into or something. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's huge. And it, uh, I suspect there will continue to be you know, real opportunities around uh, you know, generating value from this. So really interesting. Yeah. Great example. Great example. Thank you.
And this yeah. notion of, what did you say, like a thousand inspections a day? Yeah, so it's interesting. Some of those inspections have over a hundred images um, wow. collected twice a day. So it it's considerable, but it for them, that's that's where they want to lay their their hat is yeah. we know what's going on whether there's people there or not or not. And even if our people are there, we know more than what they know is going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Great. Right. Well, excellent. Well, listen, um, Paul, thank you so much for joining us and talking to us about, um, I think this is, I think, you know, I think you guys are on to something. (laughs) I'm sure you've already figured that out, but uh, I think you guys might be on to something here. I had brown hair six years ago, so we're we're getting there. I still have a little bit to say. But maybe there's like a return on gray hairs or something, (laughs) Paul. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much, Paul. And, um, Best of luck to you guys. Great. And um, so with that, we're going to say goodbye from the Digital Doers podcast. Again, uh, certainly want to say thank you to Paul for joining thank us you. today. Um, yeah. Want to say thank you to HPE for uh, making it possible so we can have conversations like this. And uh, also the OGGN team who uh, makes it easy for us to bring these kinds of conversations and, and cleans up all the mistakes and things that, uh, that I make on this. So uh, until next time, we'll say goodbye from the Digital Doers Podcast. Come back next week for another venture into the real world of the best digital doers in the oil and gas industry. A production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.